Hello, hello, people. Um, I just got back from the beach. Well, yesterday, so not this very moment, but it's raining in Atlanta, making it a little bit harder to come back off of that Memorial Day beach trip high. But we're doing great. We are doing great. I got my cup of coffee here. So once again, if you hear that awkward, did she go away? Did she stop talking? What is that weird gulping noise? That is the coffee. You know, funny enough, I'm not a big coffee drinker, but for some reason, coffee's become a trigger that it's like recording podcast day. So I don't know. I think I maybe envision all these professional podcasters with their cup of coffee. And, and so I wanted, I wanted to hop on the trend. Um, so I made a cup of coffee. Will I drink it? Probably not. I really don't like coffee, but it just, it triggers this, it's podcast recording day thing in me. Anyways, I digress. You guys, I am so excited once again to finally be on Apple. Actually a dream come true. But please, 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 such a big ask. If you feel like a personal connection to this podcast, if I have touched you deeply in some way, please share. Just share. Share with two friends. I am challenging you. Share with two friends. I guarantee you if it touched your heart, the people in your inner circle, it will touch theirs as well. And please rate and review. Those are so important to continue to get the message out, to continue to help impact people's hearts and spirits and lead them on this journey of self-growth so that they can impact the world in the way that they need to. Um, That being said, sharing, rating, reviewing would be so appreciated. And I also, I just want to say shout out to every single one of you that has DM'd me, texted me, called me, FaceTimed me, telling me how this has impacted your life. I can't tell you the amount of times that I've been in the car, usually listening to The Blessing by Elevation Church, but just sobbing and thinking about, I am so grateful that I get to do this, that the Lord put this opportunity in my lap and then I gave me the strength to take it because it is seeing it touch you guys One, it's changed my heart every time I get on here and do a podcast, but the fact it's helping you guys and touching you guys and and lifting your hearts up, I can't tell you the amount of joy that brings me. I mean, obviously, it brings me to tears. It brings me to tears. I've had multiple car riding sessions with just tears down my face thinking about how amazing this is and how blessed that I feel. Um, That being said, today, I want to talk about... The beautiful two-letter phrase, comfort zone. Um, You guys, I want to talk about this because it's just, it's so real and it's such a big problem. And, And truly, comfort is the thing that I think is holding so many people back from being great in this world. You know, Dave Hollis says it best. He says, comfort is a casualty of growth. If you want to grow, if you want to make an impact in this world, if you want to make a difference in this world, you have to be different from this world. And in order to be different from this world, you have to be consistently growing every single day. And unfortunately, I wish I could tell you that, you know, after a few years, you you reach self-growth graduation and you get your diploma and you are no longer you know, susceptible to, you know, 
comfort and you are no longer, you know, vulnerable to falling into your comfort zone and, you know, other people's opinions and all the jazz. No, no. Every single day you have to intentionally choose growth over comfort or else you're going to fall into comfort by default. When I say comfort, I mean what you know. All the habits that are not serving you, they might not be serving you, but you're still going to indulge in them because they're comfortable. If every day at five o'clock after work, you ate a piece of apple pie, I guarantee you, you would find it really hard to all of a sudden stop just because it's comfortable. It's familiar. It's what you know. It's why even when there's a route that is has way less traffic and probably a pretty scenery, prettier scenery. We take the same route to work or to school or to wherever simply because we know it. We know it by default. And that's like the same thing with our life. You know, even though there's a way that's calling us, that's prettier, that's more beautiful, that's less crappy, less crowded, less trafficy, we still end up doing the same things every day that leave us broken, that leave us unhappy, that leave us unfulfilled simply because they're familiar and they're, and they're comfortable and we know them. Um, you guys, so when I was, gosh, you know, I had it on my heart to speak about another example, but all of a sudden I'm just like, boom, I've got another example. So I'm using this one instead. My entire life, I have been a cardio freak. I mean, a cardio freak. You can ask anyone. Like, I love cardio. And I had it in my head that if I did weightlifting as a female, I would get really bulky. And I didn't want to, I'm sorry, I too, I'm sorry if I offend anyone, but but I didn't want to look like that. I didn't want to look really bulky. I didn't, I didn't want to look like that. And I was afraid that if I lifted weights, I would look like that. So all I did was run. All I did was the elliptical. All I did was cardio. I wouldn't even, you know, like dip my toes in the water and do like burpees or HIIT workouts because I associated that with weightlifting. <laughs> this sounds so ridiculous. But it's something that my entire life I've struggled with. Even my boyfriend who is so knowledgeable about working out and eating right and all that, he was always telling me like, even if you all you did was weightlift, you still wouldn't look like what you're thinking of simply because one, it's not biologically possible. But two, weightlifting is really important for you. And in fact, you can burn a lot of calories weightlifting and you need to incorporate it with cardio blah 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 it always went in one ear out the other I was like I know what I'm doing I'm gonna do cardio you guys so this always led to injury after injury because your body can almost take almost take so much cardio am I right and I felt like I got to the point where I was literally not just figuratively literally running from injury to the next so recently when I say recently, I'm on week two. Um, I have switched my workouts out up and I am doing weightlifting. I do only 30 minutes of cardio a day and I'm doing like the whole Mondays are shoulders, Tuesdays are biceps, Wednesdays leg day. Well, actually on Wednesdays I nutritional cleanse, but Thursday leg day, all the jazz. And I feel like it, I never thought I would hear those words come out of my mouth. Because my comfort zone is cardio. Even now, when I go to the gym, granted it's only been two weeks, but like I hate going into that weightlifting side. I hate it because I'm not comfortable with it. I am so dang comfortable with the elliptical. I know how long I'm going to do. I know the intensity. I know the, the duration. I know all the jazz. 
I'm so comfortable with the stair stepper. I am so comfortable with the treadmill. Oh my gosh, the treadmill. I got one for quarantine because it's my best friend. I know exactly my workouts that I want to do. I know it all. You put me in a weightlifting room, I'm a, I'm a fish out of water. I have no idea what I'm doing. And I hate that feeling. So for years, even though I knew I probably should incorporate weightlifting, the fact that I didn't know what I was doing discouraged me from ever even going in that room. I never even went in the weightlifting side of the gym, right? Because I felt like such a freaking queen on the cardio side. Oh yeah, I felt like a beast, The problem was that wasn't serving me, yet I still continued to do what I knew. You guys, some things in your life you are clinging to, like I clung to cardio because they are comfortable and because they are familiar. And the fact of the matter is we get so used to these things, we would rather stay in a comfortable place that may not be serving us, that may in fact not even be good for us and that we are miserable in simply because it's familiar rather than pursue a potentially better place for us that is unknown, that is unfamiliar. Here's the thing. We cling on to things. These things, for me, I use this cardio example, but you guys, I mean, that was just a surface level example. People cling on to things that are that are heavy, that are deep, that are really sabotaging their fulfillment and their satisfaction and what they're getting out of life every day simply because it's familiar. We get so used to being yelled at that we forget that there's relationships out there for us where we're respected and where we are treated as equals. People get so talked down to that they get so used to it when someone pours life into them, when someone lifts them up, it's so uncomfortable for them that they, whether they know it or not, unconsciously gravitate towards people that treat them like crap simply because it's familiar. It's all they know. We People get so used to being so miserable in their own bodies. They're used to having no energy. They're used to hating themselves in a bathing suit. They're used to not going to the gym because they're self-conscious in the gym because they haven't worked out in two years. They're so used to being miserable in their own bodies that when the chance to get into a routine comes along where they really take charge of their nutrition and their energy, they completely not only reject that opportunity, but talk down to it because it's unfamiliar. It's uncertain. It's not something they're used to. That's why people will eat healthy for two weeks and then go right back to to what they used to know, which was maybe binge eating or maybe eating really bad food or not working out or whatever, because you cannot make a change unless you are constantly willing to get uncomfortable every day. Change is not a one-time decision. If you want to see long-term results in your health, if you want to see long-term results in your relationships, if you want to see long-term results in your relationships with yourself, your relationship with your creator, in your faith, in your education, in your public speaking, in the way you show up for your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your spouse, your partner, in your writing, in your studies, in your occupation, if you want to see long-term change, you've got to surrender to the fact that every single day you're going to have to show up willing to get on comfortable because it's not going to be comfortable okay it's not it's not going to be comfortable 
and you're gonna there's gonna be times where you're more comfortable than others but I'll tell you what I've gotten to the point where when the more uncomfortable I am the more opportunity I see every time I am in discomfort I ask myself the question what is God trying to show me here because obviously there's something that I need to work on or else this discomfort would not exist for example, you know, it's a very surface level example again, but the cardio thing, like I needed to start weightlifting. All right. My body needed it. It needed it because it, I needed to start incorporating some different ways of exercising. And it was so uncomfortable. It's like, you know, when you know you need something, but you just, ah, oh, it's like, I just, I can't make myself do it. You know, that moment. Yeah. It's because you want to cling on to what's familiar so bad. And you're so scared of the unknown. And it's like for 10 good things that could potentially happen, that one bad thing that could potentially happen holds you hostage and you don't change simply because of the what if of that one bad thing that could happen. Here's the thing, you guys. The best things come out when you get out of your own dang head and out of your comfort zone. And I wish I could tell you that there was a magic formula for getting out of your comfort zone. Like if you wake up every day and flush the toilet three times and put your toothbrush in the, on the right side of the sink and then twirl around and hop on your foot five times, you are officially out of your comfort zone. It just, I, I wish, I wish. That is not a thing. If that was a thing and it worked, I would be a bajillionaire by now because I would have totally monetized that. But the, but that's not a thing. Coming out of your comfort zone is simply a commitment that you make to yourself every single day. And when that discomfort arises, you know what I mean dis by discomfort. It's like your entire body is shaking and it's nervous and you're sweaty. And it's like, I know I need to do that thing, but I don't want to do that thing, but I know I need to do it. You are committed to making the decision to do it because you know it'll serve you because you know in the long run, it will help you. And something that's helped me a lot is envisioning, okay, if I commit to this for 30 days, for 30 days, how good will I feel after 30 days? If I feel like crap after doing this after 30 days, okay, I'll go back to what to my old regime. But if after 30 days, I know that if I see drastic change, then I know that this was the right decision. I picked 30 days in my nutritional company. You know, people really start to see results in their energy after 30 days, whether they're athletes or whatever their goals are. They really start to see that that cutting edge in their workouts or whatever after 30 days. So for me, it's like with this weightlifting thing, I'm like, okay, I'm going to give it 30 days. I'm going to see how much better I feel. If it's a lot better, I'm going to keep doing it. If not, I give myself full permission. I'll go back to my cardio ways. You guys, it's week two. I'm already in love with this. I'm in love with it. I'm like, why didn't I do this earlier? Give yourself 30 days. 30 days isn't an intimidating enough amount of time to where it's like, okay, sure, I can do this for 30 days. Whether it's you want to get healthier, maybe, you know, commit to having a salad for lunch for 30 days or commit to you know, following that nutritional regime for 30 days. Maybe if you want to improve your relationships, it's like, okay, for 30 nights, I'm going to come home. And instead of me telling my partner about my day first, I'm going to ask her about her day first, or I'm going to ask him about his day first. I'm going to listen before I speak about my day. You know, just things like that, that you're committed to, maybe they are out of your comfort zone, 
but try it for 30 days. You guys, the best things come out of your comfort zone. Growth only happens outside your comfort zone. And if you want to make an impact in this world, if you want to make a change in this world, you've got to change yourself. That starts with changing yourself and and no one can do it for you. That's a commitment you've got to make to yourself every single damn day. I get up every day and I know, okay, no one's going to do this for me. If I want to grow, if I want to change, that's on me. It's my responsibility to make sure I don't fall to my comfort zone, which means I have to do it myself. I have to push myself. So my junior year of college, I made a decision and acted on it. I always say and acted on it because a lot of people are like, I've made the decision to do this. And then they don't do anything about it. It's a, it's a very big thing to say, okay, yes, I'm making a change. It's another thing to actually do it. So I always say like, I made a decision and acted on it. Um, the biggest decision, honestly, of my life thus far as a 22 year old and so a little bit of backdrop for those of you who are listening to this you might know me or you might know a little bit about my story um I played tennis for the first three years at my college so d1 tennis um I worked my butt off to just get a spot on the team quite frankly and my junior year I was miserable I was absolutely miserable. There was a lot that went into that. Um, But I just, I didn't feel tennis aligned with my heart anymore. It didn't align with my passion. It didn't align with my purpose. And in fact, my purpose and my passion, I felt was being compensated because of tennis. And the problem was I did make this commitment as an incoming freshman and I I had grown so much that my priorities had changed, yet I was still in this commitment that I made from when I was a freshman. And for those of you that are not familiar with collegiate sports, they're much like a job. I mean, you have, you wake up, you have two hours of practice, you have an hour of weights, you have potentially another hour of conditioning, and then you also have book club, and then you also have individual meetings sometimes. I mean, it's a lot. It's it's a job. In addition to being a student, it is a full-time job. And for me, I no longer love tennis. I dreaded going to practice. All I wanted to do was go run. I fell in love with running. I fell in love with my business. I fell in love with self-growth and self-development. And and I found that I had outgrown the commitments that I had previously made. And that being said, I absolutely committed to finishing out that year. But I had a decision to make. And there's a lot more that goes into that decision rather than I hate tennis or I don't want to say I hate. I don't like tennis anymore. I should just quit. Because when you're on a college sports team, and a lot of you listening to this might be able to relate in different ways, but that sports team is your is your place. You know, especially at a small school like Wofford, like that was my place. Those were my people. That was where I sat at Burwell. Our cafeteria was with the tennis team, you know, after practice. I mean, that's, that's who I did everything with. 
And if I wasn't on the tennis team, who was Annie Mayfield at Wofford? People knew me as Annie Mayfield, the girl on the tennis team. That's how I knew myself. That's how I identified myself at Wofford. And all of a sudden, when I quit the tennis team, it's not just as simple as I don't love tennis anymore, let me quit. It's, oh my gosh, well, then I would be giving up my identity there. There were so many back and forth of like, okay, it's just one more year. I'm a senior next year. I can finish out one more year. I Trust me, I spent so many months just going back and forth, back and forth. Should I quit? Should I not? Should I quit? Should I not? And I tried to show up to practice with the mentality that, okay, I'm not going to quit. This is my home. These are my people. But it just wasn't. It wasn't. And all I wanted to do was to cling what was to what was familiar, which was being on the tennis team at Wofford. But but it was no longer serving me. It was no longer growing me. I believe God puts things into our life to grow us to certain points. But once we grow to that point, sometimes those things no longer serve a purpose and we outgrow them. I see this a lot in relationships. I've been in relationships where this has happened. You know, God has put that person in your life for a purpose and it was to grow you to a certain point. Once you have both grown to that point, you are no longer, there is no purpose for that relationship anymore and things start to fall apart. Well, that was kind of like my relationship with tennis and the tennis team at this point. I had grown to that point. I think God needed me to grow to and that God was using the tennis team and the tennis to grow me to, but now I had outgrown it and my life was going in a different direction and I wanted to stop it. All I wanted to do was to cling on what was to, what was familiar, which was being on the tennis team, staying on the tennis team at Wofford because I had a whole nother year and I was afraid. Who would I sit with at Burwell? Who was I going to sit with at the, in the cafeteria? Would I have any friends? Would the girls on the team still talk to me and I was so afraid of these things but when it came down to it I wrote myself a letter I wrote myself a letter oh my gosh oh my gosh I'm gonna have to read y'all this letter I really am ah I don't have it with me right now dang it okay I'm gonna I'm I'm, let this be my promise. I will read you this letter. But I wrote myself this letter right before I told my coach I was not going to be on the team next year. And it basically said, you know, Annie, you were meant. Okay, y'all, I got to read you this letter. Oh, I'm going to put this in at the end of the episode. Okay, I'm going to find it and add it to the recording. You just, you've got to listen. But basically, it just gave me this, this letter that I wrote myself that said, you know, you were meant for great things, which means that you're going to be uncomfortable on a consistent basis, on a consistent basis. But sometimes, in order to let yourself have the strength to fly, you have to let go of the things that are weighing you down. And at this point, what was happening with the tennis team and tennis it was it wasn't helping me it wasn't growing me anymore and I had to make that decision so I quit I quit the tennis team on the best of terms I I loved that coach I loved that team they're amazing it had nothing to do with them I just it was no longer serving me and so I quit and you guys it was the I remember shaking shaking and It was one of those things that it didn't end there. Like I quit and the conversation went amazing. But then I came back to Wofford in my senior year. All those fears of, am I going to have any friends? Who's going to be my people? You know, maybe you're in a sorority or fraternity. Imagine quitting your sorority. 
Imagine quitting your fraternity or your club that you're super close with. Imagine all the fears of coming back the next year and not having that, not having the normal like, okay, I have chapter on this day, functions on this day, whatever, not having that anymore. That's what I went through. I no longer had practice. I no longer had all those things that I used to. And it was so scary. It was so scary. And and a lot, and quite frankly, yeah, the team did stop talking to me and that was devastating. And a lot of the things I feared, they did come true. But guess what? A day before I went back to Wofford, the cross country coach and I connected and he asked me to be one of their runners. You can't tell me that wasn't divine intervention. There's no way my coach would have let me done cross country if I was still on the tennis team. And I did not actively pursue the cross country coach when he reached out to me. But because I had quit the tennis team a few months prior, I was available to be on the cross country team. And that was the best experience of my life, truly. That was one of the best sporting experiences at Wofford of my life. And I loved it. It was amazing. That's the thing, you guys. When you get out of your comfort zone, you make yourself available for all the beautiful things that God wants to give you. But your familiar, miserable circumstances were blocking you from before. You have to get out of your comfort zone to make yourself available for that goodness, for that richness that is there for everyone. But you got to take those steps to get out of your comfort zone to receive it. That's what I believe. I believe God has all this goodness and this richness and this abundance for us, but he's not going to put it in our lap. You've got to reach out to him. You've got to do your part and stand up and be willing to receive his magic and his goodness and his helpfulness and his love. And that requires you to make decisions that are going to make you want to pee your pants at times. I, I literally think I almost peed my pants walking to Coach Hall's office. Almost peed my pants. Probably a little. I was so nervous. And... But I knew it was going to be worth it. I, in this letter, oh, I'm so excited to read it, y'all. I remember writing like, I don't know why God is asking me to step away from this, but I know he is, and I know I'm going to be better for it. And I can't wait to see what he puts in my life because of this decision. We have so many things that we are blocking our lives from receiving abundance with because we're simply familiar with them all. What are the things in your life you're clinging to that are no longer serving you? It might be time to evaluate and step away. And I'm not saying that's easy. I'm not saying that's going to be a decision you make in a second, a minute, a day, not even a month, not even a year. It might be a a decision that you're going to, it's going to take years to get yourself up to, but I'm saying it's worth it. I'm saying that I can tell you from someone on the other side of making a decision like that, it's freaking worth it. The most beautiful things come outside of our comfort zone and do not want to, do not be one of those people that stays in a comfortable and familiar circumstance that is killing them simply because they're too afraid to reach for a potentially better and more serving circumstance, but the path to get there is unfamiliar and unknown. Yeah, it's unfamiliar. Yeah, it's unknown. But I guarantee you, if you have that little nudge on your heart, 
that you you know that nudge I'm talking about, that nudge God puts in your stomach and you're like, okay, God's calling me to do this. I don't want to. Like maybe it'll go away tomorrow. And then you wake up the next day and it's still there. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Think on that. You might be called into a different direction. And I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying have the courage to walk it. Nothing great happens in a comfort zone. Nothing. So if you want to be great, if you want to be, let me rephrase that, because I don't mean great by society's terms. I don't mean Instagram influencer, famous, whatever. I mean, if you want to be the greatest version of yourself for you, for your family, for your students, for your players, for your teachers, for your coaches, for your staff, for whoever, which you should, then you're going to be required to live out of your comfort zone. Required. I am sending y'all love today and I'm about to go dig through my my letter box and find that letter I wrote myself. I love y'all so much and I love y'all too much to not be hard on you guys and remind you that only great things happen outside your comfort zone. So don't let yourself think that it's okay to stay in your comfort zone. It's not. It's not. Is it easy? Yes. Is it going to change you? No. Is it going to change the world? No. Is it going to lead you to being a better version of yourself that shows up better for your loved ones? No. The comfort zone is toxic. Get out of it. And that is not a one-time decision. That is an everyday decision. When you feel uncomfortable, identify where God is trying to pull you and go. Is it uncomfortable? Yes, go. Is it worth it? Yes, go. Sending y'all love. All right, y'all, I wasn't kidding. I have, it took me a while. I write a lot of notes to myself. <laughs> like over the years, I've written so many letters to myself. So I had this whole box. And anyways, I found it though. It was written in the journal. And I still remember I was sitting in my desk at Wofford in Lassane dorm. And I was about to go to Coach Hall's office and tell her I was quitting. And I wrote myself this letter, handshaking, tears rolling down my face because I was like, oh my God, what are you doing? Um, I'm just going to read it to you guys. And this, I haven't read this in a while. I know I'm probably going to cry, but I want you to think about me talking to you when I read this. Um, Cause I know that there is something in your life right now, you know, you need to walk away from, or you need to give up, but you're clinging to it simply because you're afraid of what that walk looks like what that walk into the unknown looks like and I am telling you there is something so much better on the other side but you've got to get up and you've got to take the walk dear my lovely smart radiant beautiful light of all lights Jesus filled Annie Mae oh yes I did write to myself in the third person hey I know you're scared I know you're nervous And your brain is going crazy thinking about the what ifs. What if I have no friends? What if I go crazy amidst all the time? What if I lose my sparkle from not being amidst a leadership position for too long? What if I become depressed? What if I lose my athletic identity? Hear me, girl. What if you fly? What if you finally have a year of Annie Mayfield? What if from listening to God's nudge in you, you have a year of so much growth in your business, you actually become the next step in your business that you want to. 
What if this year lays the groundwork for you to become the best version of yourself you could possibly be? Yes, you might say, can I be the best version of myself and do tennis? Honestly, no. Remember what Rachel Hollis said, cast one rock into the water to make many waves, not a few pebbles. Otherwise, you won't make any waves. God is nudging you for more. You will not be in the 95% Annie Mayfield. You will be in the 5%, the legendary, the iconic, the masterful. Losing friends, you consider them friends. You're losing acquaintances. And guess what? You can find acquaintances everywhere you go. Being on the team also deters you from opportunities to make people that will really be in your corner. Take the leap. A whole world is waiting for you to bless it. As for your light, girl, that is something you generate every day. It is a decision, not a genetic predisposition. That decision, it's there whether you play tennis or not. Even amidst the darkest of circumstances this year, you shone your light. You are beautifully made with God's love to radiate it onto the world. People need your love, kindness, and vibrance. You are called for something greater than the tennis team right now. It is time to be your number one cheerleader. You may think being others' cheerleaders and being good at it is what gave you your spark, but imagine the firework you can become if you were your own biggest cheerleader for once. It is time for you to do you, for you to love you, for you to believe in him and in that walk the path he has for you. Hold on. Here's my prophecy that I will be somebody someday. And it starts with one brave decision after another. And I am making that brave decision today. Am I scared? Yes. Am I going to do it? Yes. I will make waves. People will count me out, throwing stones at me. But I will use those stones to build my monument of success in God's name. Here's to the youngest amazing, freshest, greatest version of me at 21 years old. Here's to my dreams. Here's to one day being a New York Times bestselling author. Here's to one day speaking on the Isogenics conference stage. Here's to the start of the first bravest decision I've ever made that will catapult me into a life of growth one day after another. Here's to you, Lord Jesus, here's to me, Annie Mae. Here we go. All my love, Annie Mae. P.S. None of the dreams on your vision board have anything to do with tennis. That was the letter I wrote myself. And it was to remind myself that the only reason I would have stayed on that team is because it was familiar. The only reason I would have stayed on that team is because it was familiar. It was an amazing team. It had amazing people, but it was no longer growing me. And I no longer felt a need to be on it. I felt a need to do other things. I felt God nudging me in other directions, other areas of leadership and other areas of growth. And I can't imagine what my life would look like right now if I hadn't have listened to that. So I encourage you, listen, listen to what God's trying to tell you. Listen to where he's trying to get you to go. Don't let the the fog of familiarity stop you from living into your greatness.